Gonzaga has time to do something. Suggs for the win. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Unbelievable. Classic basketball game. up everyone and welcome back to a brand new episode of the three and d i'm paul lombardi i'd like to welcome everyone back to the review and preview network for my weekly nba and college basketball show make sure to check us out on all social media platforms and subscribe to our youtube channel at review and preview sports in tonight's episode we'll be looking at the top thanksgiving tournaments and games that are going on this week review the new ap poll that just came out then later we're going to talk some knicks some lakers and go over my nba week six power rank you can also follow at the 3 and D on Twitter, as you see below, to stay updated with breaking news around the leagues and news on episodes and uploads. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, brand new, kicking off the college basketball season, brand new season head, um, with starting off for you guys. It's It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good so far, I got to say. Um, bunch of upsets. We'll go over them in a few. But first things first. A couple of interesting points across the NBA and college basketball that have gone on over the past week. Uh, first off, Luke Walton was fired as the Kings head coach. And, you know, if you watch the 3 and D, if you know anything about this show, I've been calling for his job for a long time. Um, I think that this was long overdue. Uh, it was about time that he that he was fired just has not succeeded anywhere he went. He was terrible with the Lakers, immediately gets hired by the Kings, has been terrible with them. And they have a pretty talented roster too, and they've just been underperforming again. But, you know, you could blame a lot of it on Luke Walton, but you can also blame a lot of it on the terrible uh, way that the organization is handled too. The Kings are definitely one of the worst organizations in basketball, probably one of the worst organizations in many sports. So, you know, the Luke Walton firing was long overdue, but, you know, the Kings have been have longed for a day where they uh, actually are a competitive team again. So I it's, it doesn't surprise me at all. Alvin Gentry will take over as head coach. I believe this is his sixth stint as an NBA head coach, another guy who has not done great uh, throughout his time as, as a head coach, but he was one of the top assistants for Luke Walton. Doug Christie, I saw. Uh, former Sacramento King who just joined the coaching staff this year was a potential candidate, but they're going to give it to Alvin Gentry, the interim, at least for the rest of the season. And then they'll go for, go forth with uh, trying to find a new head coach. So jumping over, jumping over from NBA 
over to college basketball. One thing I, I saw this weekend that all college basketball fans probably saw it too, Purdue is legit. Purdue is a good team. Uh, they beat Villanova. Anybody who watched that game just saw the grittiness of their team. They're 5-0 and now. They're up to rank. They're ranked number three in the top 25 this week. And if you watched my college basketball season preview, if you watched uh, my episode with Andy Hopper from the Brew Party, I went over – we went over some of the teams in the Big Ten and, you know, who we think was getting too much hype, all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, UCLA was one of the teams that we were talking about, but Purdue was another team. And Purdue was getting – it was a bit overhyped, in my opinion. At least I thought they were <clears throat> prior to the season. Because even though they were turning a lot of guys, I, didn't, I really didn't think <clears throat> that they were necessarily, like, that impressive. But – after watching that game against Villanova, it's it really stands out how dominant that team is. They're five and zero now. They beat Bellarmine, Indiana State, and Wright State, which were three bye games. But they also beat UNC, who was ranked 18 last week, and Villanova, um, who they also beat over the weekend. So they improved to five and zero. They've been led by. Uh, a couple of stars, Jaden Ivey being one of them, probably their best player, one of the best players in the country, uh, sophomore guard, averaging 15.6 points, 7.2 boards, and 4.6 assists. Does a little bit of everything. He's a freak athlete. He's hitting his threes. He's a fantastic player, and he's the heart and soul of that Purdue team. <clears throat> so he's been leading the way. You've also got sophomore big man Zach Eady, too, who did not get much time last year, seven foot four big man. Um, and looked a little bit out of it last year in the in the games that I saw. It didn't really, you know, seem it seemed like he was ready to go. Uh, it was good that he didn't get very much playing time. But he's come out of the gate hot. And through five games, he's averaging 17.2 points, eight boards, and 1.2 blocks. And then Travion Williams, who's been one of their stars over the last several years, their big man, averaging 12.8 points, 7.2 boards, um and Sasha Stefanovic too shooting forty eight point six percent from three. So they're they're an old, they're an all around good team. Uh I I I think that they're going to be a tough out. And they, this might be one of the best Purdue teams we've ever seen within the Matt Painter era. In my in my personal opinion, they're very deep. Uh, they just they're locked in. They know how to play. Uh, their game plan is just all around fantastic and you know knocking off Villanova was no easy task and they were able to do that at Mohegan Sun uh, in the basketball hall of fame classic over the weekend we got Alec Walt watch out for St. Bonaventure we're going to be getting to them in a few the Bonnies are good this year but John we did NBA we did college basketball now let's jump back over to the NBA for our last um interesting thing that happened over the week the Isaiah Stewart LeBron James beef so of course, I have to bring this up. Everybody's all basketball fans, all NBA fans, you know, saw that video all over Twitter last night. Um, Shaw went up at the free throw line. LeBron was trying to box out Isaiah Stewart. I uh, kind of elbowed him in the face, looked extremely intentional, and cut his eye open. Um, well, below his eye, cuts a gash below his eye, was bleeding like crazy, and Stewart took exception to that and charged after the, the entire Lakers team um, and was furious. And then he eventually have, was forced to go back into the locker room after getting ejected. LeBron was ejected too for throwing that elbow. 
and uh, Isaiah Stewart was just did not want uh, to let it go. And you know, we saw him running back into the to the locker room. People thought he was going to come out the other end and try to you know get back at the Lakers, but. Came out today, Isaiah Stewart suspended two games for his actions. LeBron has been suspended for one game for his actions. And my takeaways from this craziness was um, it was extremely intentional. And nobody who saw that video could have could have said that, you know, it was, he wound up and elbowed him. You know, all the LeBron fans might be defending him, but that's not the case. He wound up and he elbowed him. Um, you know, LeBron, he's probably getting frustrated with the, how terrible the Lakers have been playing whatsoever. But, you know, it's it's getting tougher and tougher to root for him, I got to say. And I've never never been one to hate on the greats, but it's, it's, it's getting tough out there. And, you know, it's I, – I, th- I completely team Isaiah Stewart on that one. Um, I think that's – he all he was an all around, um, you know the the whole reaction to it might have been a bit excessive, but I think that uh, in in a way he was right, and you know taking exception to that was definitely uh, warranted, and I think that LeBron, you know, he tried to play it off on Twitter today saying, you know, that it was an accident and, you know, he's never going to mess with with Isaiah Stewart again, like with a bunch of laughing emojis, well, trying to make a joke out of it when it really wasn't a joke. I mean, anybody saw it, it was Isaiah Stewart's face afterwards knows, like, he, he had a gash below his eye. Like, his his entire face was bloody afterwards. It was, it was bad. Like, I wouldn't, I'm not, sh- I wouldn't be shocked if he got stitches. It was, you know, and it, it was a vicious elbow. And very uncalled for, very unwarranted, you know, just because it was a close game against a bad Pistons team and the Lakers haven't been playing well. But, you know, I it's it was it was an awful, um, an awful occurrence. And, you know, I I take Isaiah Stewart's side on that one, basically, just to just to say the least. So jumping over. From those, those were some of the top storylines of the week. Now we're going to go over some of the top 20s of the week, jumping over to college basketball. Um, some of the, the some of the top tournaments that will be going on this week. So obviously during Thanksgiving, first week or two of the season, this is going to be like the third week of the season, but there's always big invitationals, big tournaments that are going on and there's a few very notable ones that are going to go down this week. Um, led off by the Maui Jim Maui Invitational that happens every year in Maui. Obviously, you know, Maui's named twice in the uh, name. So, obviously, it's Maui. Maui Jim Maui Invitational. Not exactly sure why Maui's in there twice. Maybe somebody can tell me, but it's, I have no idea. But that's that begins today, and it goes all the way until Wednesday. Texas A&M, Butler, Houston, Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Oregon, St. Mary's, and Chaminade are the teams that are highlighting this invitational. Chaminade is a D2 school. Uh, kind of interesting that they got uh, they got an invite themselves. They're taking on somebody today. I think they're taking on Oregon today, Oregon today um, who actually got kicked out of the top 25, but we'll go over the top 20, the new AP poll very soon. And then 
The next one, the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Fort Myers tip-off. Starts also today, goes until Wednesday. Um, this this first game actually just wrapped up. Ohio State versus Seton Hall. Um, Ohio State just beat Seton Hall in a really close one. Seton Hall was ranked this week. Ohio State fell out of the top 25, but Ohio State was able to knock them off. Ohio State, obviously, and Seton Hall are both playing in it, followed by California, Florida, Milwaukee, led by um, Youngs by um, Baldwin, by Patrick Baldwin, uh, one of the young potential lottery picks in this year. Uh, this year's draft, he decided to go play for his dad at Wisconsin, Milwaukee, rather than going to a blue blood. So they're going to be in it. I'm definitely going to be trying to watch them. I want to see, uh, some Patrick Baldwin up close and personal, but Bowling Green is also in his Southern Utah and Yale are the teams that are taking taking part in it. And then the Hall of Fame Classic powered by Shot Tracker that's taking place today and Tuesday. Um, the the four teams that are in that is Cincinnati, Illinois, Arkansas, and Kansas State. And I saw Illinois is playing right now in that tournament. Um, I'm not sure who they're playing against. I saw they were losing, though. I think they're playing against Cincinnati. And then later on in the week, we got the bad boy Mowers Battle for Atlantis, the classic Atlantis tournament that happens every single year. That goes from Wednesday to Friday. So on Thanksgiving Day, we'll get some college basketball um, for everybody. That goes from Wednesday to Friday. Baylor, Michigan State, Syracuse, UConn, VCU, Loyola, Chicago, Auburn, and Arizona State are all taking part in the Atlantis tournament. So it's a pretty hefty tournament. list of schools right there it should be definitely be one of the better ones and then the last notable one that's taking place at the end of the week the espn events invitational which takes place thursday friday and sunday so it starts on thanksgiving day followed by friday and then saturday they have off and sunday is the final day they the teams taking part in that will be kansas alabama dayton drake iona Belmont and North Texas. Alabama will be taking on Iona on Thanksgiving Day. So that's a little local game for you guys. Uh, rematch of last year's tournament. So that'll be that should be an interesting one though. I I highly I think that that'll be a pretty good one. Kansas, Alabama, Dayton. Dayton's always good for a nice pickoff. Drake's always good for a nice pickoff. Same with Belmont. Yeah, you know, that's a little sneaky tournament that I think could end up being good. Um and just definitely to watch out for. So Thanksgiving Day, uh, there's going to be some good games. We'll come up with the matchups of the week in just a few, but now we'll go over the new AP poll that just came out. So obviously it's Monday. Week three of the college basketball season has just begun, and the new AP poll is out. And there's a few shockers on it. Gonzaga and UCLA obviously remain one and two. They're both undefeated. They're both tipping off tomorrow night, which we'll go over in the top games of the week, which is going to be an awesome game, probably the game of the year right there. Um, you're not going to want to miss that. And Purdue jumped three spots after beating Villanova. They jumped from six to three. So it's Gonzaga one, UCLA two, and Purdue three this week. So Purdue jumping up really high. Duke jumped to five. Baylor jumped to six. Kentucky also joined the top ten at number ten. Uh, they're tied with Alabama, I think, at – at 10, so um, there's two number 10s this week. Illinois fell to 14 after their tough loss to Marquette. Uh, Tennessee moved up to 15 after beating North Carolina this past week. 
uh, and then St. Bonaventures, as we were just seeing Alec Walt, who's a graduate of St. Bonaventures, um, they moved up six spots from 22 to 16. St. Bonaventures ranked 16 in the nation this week. They got a, a good team, and they're going to be they're going to be a, a sneaky team to watch out for come tournament time, come the end of the season. I'm excited for the Bonnies. I'm excited to watch them, to watch what they're up to. And then the biggest fall this week was came from Michigan. After losing to Seton Hall and Arizona this past week, they fell 16 spots. They were ranked four last week, and now they're ranked 20 this week. And they lost a close one to Seton Hall, but they got absolutely destroyed by Arizona. And just not a good look for Michigan. Uh, was supposed to be one of the better teams in the nation this year, obviously. Juwan Howard's squad, Hunter Dickinson's back, and they fell 16 spots in one week. That's, you know, one of the biggest falls that, that you can really see. And, you know, it's not like they lost it. It's, it's an interesting fall because, personally, they probably wouldn't have fell that many spots if there wasn't as many teams that jumped up so high, you know. Purdue had a big win, so they had to jump up. Kentucky had some big wins, so they had to jump up. Baylor was playing well. St. Bonaventures had some big wins, so they had to jump up. That's why Michigan ended up falling so much, because Michigan lost to Seton Hall and Arizona, who are both ranked this week. Um, so they lost to two ranked teams last week. And obviously, when you're number four in the nation, you should not be losing to you know a team that's ranked in the 20s or something like that. Um it's it's going to hurt your uh tra- your stock for the uh, upcoming week but still 4 to 20 is a pretty hefty fall and i think my personal opinion is that's only due to the several teams that uh had huge weeks you know Purdue jumped up and they had to move a ton of teams up so Michigan just ended up falling and falling and falling and you know a casualty of that. So a couple of wins though this week can definitely get Michigan back into the top 15 next week. Um, slowly inch their way back up after two tough losses. And then North Carolina fell out from 18. Oregon fell out from 12. And um, after they were blown out by BYU, who is also ranked this week, BYU's ranked. So those are two teams, two interesting teams that fell out of the top 25 this week. North Carolina was 18 last week. Um, they obviously lost to Tennessee, got destroyed by Tennessee yesterday. Um, so they fell from 18 to unranked and Oregon who, uh, got destroyed by BYU was 12 last week. And now they are unranked going into this week. So those are some of the the interesting things that happened with the AP poll this week. Um, now we'll check out some of the top matchups of the week. Um, it's, with the tournaments going on, obviously there isn't um, a ton of games that are a hundred percent scheduled that uh, we, you know, that we've seen that we can um, <clears throat> preview just so far. Cause you know, obviously there's going to be the finals of the tournaments and stuff. And there might be some big games, but these are the games that are scheduled that are going to be the top games of the week. The first one being, the first one being the most notable one, too, and probably could be the game of the year right here. Number one, Gonzaga versus number two, UCLA, takes place tomorrow night, Tuesday night at 10 o'clock. It's part of the Las Vegas Empire Classic. Uh, Gonzaga 4-0. They beat Dixie State, Texas, Alcorn State, and Bellarmine. 
ranked number one in the preseason poll. And now in week three, they're still number one. Um, they're taking on Central Michigan today. Uh, and then UCLA and Duke later on in the week. So they have a pretty hefty week to take on Central Michigan. So they should be 5-0 and going into tomorrow's matchup. But uh, they'll be taking on UCLA and then they take on Duke later in the week. And we'll get to that game too. And then UCLA is 4-0. and They beat uh, Cal State, Bakersfield, Villanova, Long Beach State, and North Florida. They have Bellarmine today. Um, and then they have the Zags and UNLV later on in the week. So both teams are 4-0 right now, should be 5-0 before tomorrow's matchup. So should be, uh, it should definitely be an interesting one. Ju Zhang averaging 21.5 points, 4.5 rebounds. Jacquez, uh, 18 points and and 7.5 boards, arguably the best UO in college basketball this season, Ju Zhang and Jacquez. Um, it's, you know, they're, they're looking good. And this is, this is one that I'm going to be highly anticipating for us. East coasters are, uh, you know, going to struggle a little bit. It's 10 o'clock tomorrow night, you know, on a work night, but it's, I might have to push the boundaries and stay up to watch that because that's going to be, that's going to be some game. So I got a couple comments. It's tough to root for LeBron. He's getting worse and worse. Absolutely. That's my brother, Nick, right there. Completely agree. Got Mark Garth, Michael Patrick, fan of, uh, friend of the show, friend of Review and Preview, Duke Gonzaga. That's going to be a good one. We're going to go over that in a few. Go Duke. So that's going to be one of the upcoming games that we'll go over later. But the next game, we got number 22, UConn, versus number 19, Auburn, which takes place Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. So anybody has the day off, the day before Thanksgiving, or, you know, has a little bit of time in the office uh, away from the – away from their computer and want to watch some college basketball, you can check this out at 2.30. 22 UConn taking on number 19 Auburn. UConn's 4-0 so far this year. They beat Central Connecticut State, Coppin State, LIU, and Binghamton. So they've had a pretty cupcake schedule, if you ask me. But their schedule gets a lot tougher starting this week. They take on Auburn, and then they're taking on West Virginia on December 8th. Um, And their schedule gets a lot more tougher. Then obviously they start to play more Big East uh, conference games. So they're going to see what UConn's actually made of. And then Auburn is 3-0, beat Moorhead State, UL Monroe, and South Florida, also a pretty cupcake schedule. So this is the first real test for both of these teams. Um, you know, UConn's got A. Cook, A. Cook, who is back and he's healthy, lost James Booknight, but have still been rolling even without him. And Auburn's got one of the top freshmen in the nation, Jabari Smith. Um, they Pretty, pretty, some pretty sharp teams right there. So I'm excited for that one. And then another one to look out for number nine, Memphis takes on Virginia Tech, who fell out of the top 25 Wednesday at 9 30 p.m. Uh, that's going to be a really good one. Memphis is 4 0 to start the season. Memphis highly, highly anticipated with two of the best young freshmen in the nation, two guys who could be two top five picks in this upcoming NBA draft in Jalen Duran and Imani Beats. Duran's averaged 15 points, 10.8 boards, and 4.8 blocks so far through the first four games of the season. Bates has been a little bit quieter, 13.3 points, 3.5 boards, and 2.3 assists. Uh, Memphis beating Tennessee Tech, NC Central, St. Louis, and Western Kentucky to start the season. Um, Georgia and and they're taking on Georgia and Ole Miss after Virginia Tech. So they haven't had a very difficult schedule to start the season. They're 4-0. But they're 
they got a little bit of a tougher, tougher road against them. They got a couple of more difficult SEC teams. Georgia's not that good, but Ole Miss has been playing somewhat decent. And then Virginia Tech's beating Maine, Navy, Radford, and St. Francis. So Virginia Tech really hasn't played anybody huge either. So this is kind of the first big game, just similar to the UConn-Auburn game. Uh, Memphis-Virginia Tech, this is going to be the first big challenge for both of these teams. So definitely going to be highly anticipated for that one. And then another one that takes place Thanksgiving night at 7 o'clock. So after you guys stuff your faces with turkey, if you want to watch football, go right ahead. But if you're more into the college basketball kind of groove, which I probably will be, um, this is going to be a good one to watch out for. Maryland taking on Richmond. Richmond was supposed to be one of the sneakier teams this year, but they start got off to a kind of bad start. They beat NC Central and Georgia State, but they lost to Utah State and Drake, which are two sneaky teams, two pretty solid mid-majors right there. But the Richmond Spiders were supposed to be one of the more sneaky teams um, heading into this season, a potential top 25 team, too. Um, in a lot of regards, but they, they'll be taking on Maryland. Maryland's 4-1 and one so far this season. They beat Quinnipiac, uh, beat George Washington, Vermont, and Hofstra, but they lost to George Mason by five, and they fell out of the top 25 because of that. They were in the top 25 last week, and they are no longer in the top 25 after losing to George Mason this past week. And Cutis Wahab, who is one of their big transfers from Georgetown, has been averaging 11 points and eight boards, and Eric Ayala, who is – in many regards, their best player, a returning senior. He's fit, averaging 15.4 points, leading the team in scoring. So that'll be an interesting one to watch out for Thanksgiving night at 7 o'clock. And then we got number five, Duke, versus number one, Gonzaga, which is definitely second best game of the week by far. It takes on Friday at 1030. This is definitely going to be a good one. Um, Duke is obviously 5-0. and uh, beat Kentucky, Army, Campbell, Gardner-Webb, and Lafayette, and they're taking on the Citadel today. So it should be 6-0 and going into that matchup. And then Gonzaga, obviously, we just went over them before. They're taking on Bellarmine. Uh, Bellarmine? No, they're taking on Central Michigan. They already beat Bellarmine. They're taking on Central Michigan today. Then they're taking on UCLA, and they're going into this. So they will be six games into the season by this matchup. But this is going to be a good one, uh, Duke versus Gonzaga. You know, if you're not extremely anticipating the Gonzaga-UCLA game, this is the next best game that, I, that I'm that i highly, highly hyped for. I'm really excited about this one. This is another one that I'm going to have to stay up late to watch this, but it's a, a weeknight. It's a weekend night, so be able to pull that one off much better than a Tuesday night. Tomorrow night might be a little bit more difficult, but, you know, for us East Coasters, you know, anybody watching on the West Coast, even Central Time or anything, you know, don't even have to worry about that. It's much better timing, but us East Coasters going to have to uh, power through it. So that's it for college basketball. We got a bunch of games going on this week. Everybody can tune in. Uh, Thanksgiving tournaments are going to be good. So hope everybody's excited for that. And um, we'll have a lot to talk about come next Monday after this tournament, after all these tournaments. So jumping over to the NBA, we'll go over my week six NBA power rankings. So as normal, um, over the last several weeks, we've been seeing a lot of changes on a week-by-week basis um, just because of how 
drastic some teams have been changing, but this week has stayed pretty similar to last week's power rankings. At number five, similar to last week, was is the Washington Wizards. They're 11-5, and five, half a game out in first place. They're still rolling. You know, we talked about, and if you want to check that out, uh, last week's episode with Kyle Russo, we talked about the Wizards in length, um, how good they are, if they're actually a legitimate team. You know, we talked about them, and we talked about the Warriors, too, so you can go check that out. But the Wizards are now 11-5. and They're taking on the Charlotte Bobcats at home. Charlotte Hornets, I should say. Um, at home today. Uh, then Wednesday, they're in New Orleans taking on the Pelicans. Friday, they're in Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. And then Saturday, they're in Dallas to take on the Mavericks. So they got four games this week, kind of a packed schedule. And then number at number four, we got the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Bulls are now 12 and five. They're tied for first place in the Eastern conference with the Brooklyn Nets, who we'll get to shortly. Um, they're taking on the Indiana Pacers at home tonight. Uh, then Wednesday, they're in Houston to take on the Rockets Friday. They're in Orlando to take on the magic. And then Saturday they're at home against the Miami heat. So not the, not the most difficult schedule, but they've had a pretty tough schedule to start the season. They've been rolling. You know, DeMar DeRozan has been, had an all-star season. He's been playing great. So the Bulls, the Bulls are definitely legit and they got got to watch out for them. And then number three, got the Brooklyn Nets who are tied with the Bulls for the first place in the Eastern conference. Uh, they're also 12 and five. They're taking, they're in Cleveland tonight to take on the Cavaliers. They, they have a very easy week. Then they're, what, then Wednesday they're in Boston to take on the Celtics. Then they're off for two days, and then they go back home to take on the Sun Saturday. So they have a few difficult matchups, but they only have three games this week. So a lighter load for the Nets, who have had you know one of the heftier schedules to start the season so far this year. And then number two, we got the Phoenix Suns, who are thirteen and three. Suns ranked two last week. Still a number two. They've been red hot. They're taking on San Antonio in San Antonio tonight. Then they're in Cleveland to take on the Cavs Wednesday. Then they then they come to New York to take on the Knicks Friday, and then they stay in New York to take on the Nets in Brooklyn on Saturday. So they got a little bit of a New York City road trip coming up this weekend. The Suns, but a little bit of a difficult schedule. Be interesting to see if the Knicks or the Net or the Nets can pick off, um, pick them off. They're red hot right now, so that'll be interesting. Definitely be interesting to see. And then number one, who's been our number one for the past three weeks, I believe, the Golden State Warriors. They're fifteen and two. You can't knock it. They've been the best team in basketball. They've had a hefty schedule, so they only have three games this week. They're off today and tomorrow. They, then they take on at home against the Sixers on Wednesday. Then they're at home against the Trailblazers Friday and then at the Clippers on Sunday. So Golden State Warriors have been red hot, led by Steph Curry, obviously, who's having arguably another MVP type of season. So red, red hot. They're 15-2, and going to be a tough beat. Um, but that brings us over to, as we talked about, the Warriors who have been red hot. Let's talk about a couple of teams that have been struggling before we cap off the episode. We got the Lakers and Knicks. So everybody's seen it. The Lakers and Knicks both been struggling a little bit. The Knicks kind of got off to a good start, but you know, now they're nine and eight, seventh in the Eastern Conference. The Lakers are obviously nine and nine, which which is good for eighth in the Western Conference. Um and they both 
two powerhouses, two famed franchises that had somewhat high expectations this year. I'd say the Lakers definitely had much higher expectations than the Knicks this year. You know, I think the Knicks had somewhat high expectations because of their tremendous year last year when they won 41 and 31 and made uh was good for fourth in the East in the shortened season. Um, that's one reason why a lot of Knicks fans thought that this season was going to be even better. Uh, but so far it's been up and down. They've lost their nine and eight, their seventh in the Eastern conference. They lost two out of three to Orlando and they have an extremely tough schedule upcoming that they can easily fall several games under 500. If they don't watch themselves, they take on the Lakers this week, then the Suns, Hawks, Nets, Nuggets, and Spurs. Those are their next six games right there, which are all, which are six legitimate teams. So they definitely have to watch out. Um, Evan Fournier has been struggling a bit. Kemba Walker has been struggling a little bit. Um, definitely have seen better days of Kemba Walker. We're beginning to see, it seems like we're beginning to see a decline. We're beginning to see a fall out of his prime, uh, which is kind of sad. One of the better players in the league over the past several years, but it's, um, injuries have been catching up to him. Julius Randle has had a decent season. He's been putting up good numbers, but, you know, not nearly uh, as dominant as he was last year. And it's becoming evidence that he is not really a f- number one option for a championship caliber team. RJ Barrett's been having another up and down year. You know, he was looking great to start the season, struggling, been struggling a little bit. His uh, shooting percentages are down now, but they're trying to figure it out. They they beat the Rockets. They lost yesterday to the Bulls, but they beat the Rockets in a really close one on Saturday, a game that they should have ran them off the court, uh, and they ended up almost blowing, and then they lost the Bulls in a close one yesterday. So they're 9-9, so, 9-8, uh, nine and 7th nine, nine and in the Eastern Conference. So they got to figure things out for sure. Uh, the Knicks – been struggling a bit but definitely the Lakers have struggled the most they're nine and nine which is eighth in the Western Conference uh you know not too many people anticipated this happening you know with a healthy LeBron coming back LeBron has not been very healthy this year but going into the season people anticipated a healthy LeBron you know adding Russell Westbrook adding Carmelo Anthony a lot of people had high expectations as the Lakers possibly being the you know uh, the Western Conference champions, but they they have not looked at like it so far this season. LeBron has only played in, has played in only eight games, including the game last night. Now he's going to be suspended for a game. Um, he he's been playing decent, but it's Russell Westbrook averaging eighteen point nine points, forty two point six percent from the field. Uh, Anthony Davis has been a stud <clears throat> as he always is, but he's been really the only consistent piece so far through eighteen games. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker has played well through his through four games this season, averaging 18 points. Uh, Carmelo's averaged 15.1 points off the bench in a limited starting role, but they loaded up their team with a bunch of veterans that are well past their primes, and it's coming back to bite them a little bit. Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan are not the same players that they used to be, not nearly as dominant as they used to be, not nearly the defensive uh defensive maestros that they were in the paint for the good portion of their careers. So it's, it's kind of, it's tough to see. It's really tough to see. So they've, they've been struggling big time. Kent Bazemore hasn't added much. Avery Bradley hasn't added much. Um, they've, it, 
it's been tough for the Lakers trying to figure things out. Uh, then that is definitely for sure. Um, but it's, you know, that, that was part of the knock on them, you know, constructing a team of this many 30, 30 plus year olds, you know, they, uh, traded all of their youth and they banked on, you know, winning in the bubble, <clears throat> leading to some more championships. And LeBron is showing us LeBron usually has never been hurt throughout his career and has dealt with a lot of injury issues the last two years and comes with age. That is exactly what happens. It comes with age and Westbrook, um, you know, big name, but was he the right piece to add to this team? Anthony Davis is by far their best player. Anthony Davis is a stud, um, by far one of the best players of all time. But besides that, you know, you're adding a bunch of guys who Carmelo Anthony's still a good scorer. You know, Taylor Horton Tucker's got some talent as a youngster, but you know, you you had a bunch of other veterans off the bench who were just well past their prime. You know, Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan just don't add very much. There's a reason why the Brooklyn Nets got rid of DeAndre Jordan. Um, they didn't have any room for him anymore, and they'd rather move forward without him than than keep him on the roster when they were paying him, even when they were paying him like $10 million a year. Dwight Howard, the same thing. You know, the Dwight Howard um, played decent off the bench in the 1920 season for the Lakers, then played for the Sixers last year, was all right off the bench but you could see he was a bit on a decline being the backup big man. And now he's showing it big time. He's, he's lost a step. He was, you know, out of the league for a little bit and out of rotation, I should say for a little bit. And he's bounced around from team to team. So I, you know, this is his third stint with the Lakers technically, because, you know, we all remember the big stint he had with Steve Nash and Kobe Bryant when, uh, they, you know, they were supposed to be that new big three. That was one of Kobe's last hurrahs right there, and nothing really happened from that. And then, obviously, he rejoined them with LeBron um, a couple of years ago. They won the championship, went to the Sixers, rejoined them again. But I don't anticipate uh, – with the Lakers don't figure things out, I really don't anticipate them doing very much. Uh, there's too many tough teams in the Western Conference. The Warriors are amazing, you know, and they're – a well-oiled machine. They know what they're doing. Uh, the Phoenix Suns, too. You know, they, people thought, oh, you know, the Lakers got picked off. For, well, the Suns did pick them off, but, you know, they're, um, you know, Lakers got picked off early, and, you know, some of the other teams got picked off early, and the Suns ended up winning the Western Conference by default. And people were, you know, arguing that even though the Suns were the ones who picked off the Lakers. I've, I've seen some arguments like that, which kind of doesn't make any sense. But anyway... Um, the Suns, there's a reason why they won the Western Conference Finals last year. You know, they are a legitimate team. And Chris Paul is a difference maker. Devin Booker is a difference maker. DeAndre Eden is a difference maker. They have a good all-around team. And they're clicking. Monty Williams is a good head coach. Uh, Frank Vogel is a good head coach in his own right, too. But, you know, maybe may, it might be time to start to think that, you know, maybe this team is not constructed correctly, you know. And... Um, you could say the same thing about the Knicks too. I'm a diehard Knicks fan, but um, you know the the only difference is the Lakers had title aspirations for this year. The only aspirations the Knicks had were being uh, slightly better. They were ten games over 500 last year, probably being slightly better than that, and maybe winning a series in the playoffs this year. That was the Knicks' highest expectation. No one, nobody had title aspirations for them this year, but uh, the Lakers, on the other hand, do. And you know. 
It's tough to say this only 18 games into the season. They're nine and nine struggling a little bit. You know, they've dealt with a lot of injuries. They can easily pick things up and I might come back on my word very, very soon. But as of right now, I don't see them really doing much. You know, I have not seen much from them to um, ensure that they're, you know, even going to be even going to appear in the Western Conference Finals. There's so many good Western Conference teams this year. You know, they might end up getting stuck playing in the play and like they did last year, too. You know, that's that's the road they're headed. They got to figure some things out. You know, I I'm beginning to not trust LeBron's health, too. You know, he's it's time to face the facts that he's getting old, turning 37. Um, you know, age is going to catch up to you by far. And, you know, age has never caught up to him up until this point. He's got a ton of miles on him. And, um, you know, maybe it's about time to, act to, you know, start to think he's not going to play a ton of games and he's not going to be as dominant as the old LeBron. So you're going to have to have other guys step up. Anthony Davis definitely steps up, but it's Russell Westbrook going to step up is, you know, some of these veterans that you signed that are all well past their prom, are they going to step up? Is Carmelo uh, still a guy that you can depend on with the ball in his hands late in the game? You know, all those kind of things are questions that are going to have to be answered very soon by the Lakers um, <clears throat> if they want to make an all-around push. But that's going to be definitely going to be an interesting one. But that's all I have for today. So that's going to wrap it up. Uh, for tonight's episode, I want to thank everyone who tuned into the Review and Preview Network to watch another episode of the 3 and D, and to all those listening via podcasts, YouTube, etc. You can also follow the show on Twitter at the 3 and D. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of their week. Have some turkey. Hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Watch some college basketball. It's going to be great. And stay tuned for more updates and brand new episodes coming every Monday at the new time, 8.30 p.m. Have a great night, everyone.